0: I don't know where the 2021 St. Louis Cardinals would be without Adam Wainwright, but I know this much, it wouldn't be a pretty place. Welcome in to another edition of b Shafe Daily, everyone. My name is Brendan Schaefer, alongside you here on Sunday, August 22nd, as the Cardinals were able to avoid the embarrassment of a sweep at the hands of the Pittsburgh Pirates over the weekend with their win on Sunday They do it behind the strength of a great performance by Adam Wainwright once again. There's just something about Adam Wainwright and the Pittsburgh Pirates. Maybe it's the fact that they're just not very good. However, that didn't have much of an impact the last couple of nights as the Cardinals fell to Pittsburgh on Friday and Saturday. But when it's Adam Wainwright and it's the Pittsburgh Pirates in 2021... It's going to go pretty well for the Cardinals. That's pretty much the lesson. He didn't get to face him for the first time until late June. But once he got a whiff of him, it's as though he couldn't get enough. As Adam Wainwright has continued to dominate and bully the Cardinal divisional rival from the Steel City. Three starts against Pittsburgh this season. The Cardinals are 3-0 and in those games. Adam Wainwright personally 3-0, and getting three pitchers wins against the Pirates 23 total innings 1 earned run and a total of 24 strikeouts he has been fantastic against the Pirates this season 2 of those outings coming at Bush 1 on the road just a couple of weeks ago he had the complete game shutout in Pittsburgh in which he went 9 gave up 2 hits, 7 K's no walks and basically replicated that uh, performance today At Bush Stadium, eight innings, though, in this game. Didn't quite get the complete game this time around. Another time of two hits, and this time nine strikeouts. And back on June 26th, I don't know what the matter with him was. Only six innings. Gave up a run. And a homer. That's weird. Eight strikeouts, six hits allowed, and one walk in that contest. For the season, Adam Wainwright, just tremendous. What more can we possibly say about the job this guy has done stabilizing a Cardinals rotation that has morphed and changed and been altered by injury all around him throughout the year and he has been a constant for this club at age 39 a couple of years removed from a period of his career where he just couldn't seem to stay healthy and be effective every fifth day he battled through that kind of 2016-17-18 period following that Achilles injury that he endured in April and missed most of that year. After that, he just wasn't the same guy. But then, end of the season, back in 2018, another, by and large, unhealthy, unproductive season for Wainwright. He started back to the road to recovery in September of that year and has just been getting stronger and stronger ever since, until suddenly the Cardinals had their very own Benjamin Button. I mean, this guy looks like he is in the prime of his career, and the quality start streak that he's on right now, pretty impressive as he goes for his fifth of the month of August. We're just going to throw Adam Wainwright's stats at you for today's b Shafe Daily, because that's the main takeaway of what St. Louis has going on right now. Like, we could talk about, Friday's loss in which the Cardinals were shut out by Mitch Keller. I don't know what it is about this guy. The Cardinals just cannot seem to do much damage against this guy. Going back to 2020, he's had three outings in which he's only allowed a grand total of one run to Cardinals batters. And he was on his game against St. Louis again on Friday. And it's just so strange because he faces anybody else and he's terrible. On the season, he's got a 6.35 ERA came into this game against the Cardinals at 6.86. His first time facing St. Louis this season, and he's back to his old tricks of last year. Five innings, no runs for the Cardinals on Friday, and they were shut out as well. I mean, it was a 4 nothing loss. They didn't get anything against the Pittsburgh bullpen either, and so that game wasn't very interesting to talk about as the Cardinals squander a pretty good outing by Miles Michaelis in his return to the rotation in that game. And so that's the way that went. And then Saturday, we could talk about that game. Cardinals lose 5-4 against Pittsburgh. Haven't done a podcast for the last couple of days. So sure, you might want to dive into the game in which the Cardinals squander a solid start by Jay Happ, who continues to pitch well for St. Louis. Six innings, two runs, eight strikeouts for Happ in that game yesterday on Saturday. Does give up a couple of solo home runs as well. But, you know, the offense didn't quite get enough. Bullpen gave up uh, some runs with the Henesis Cabrera struggles in that one. Good for Luis Garcia and TJ McFarland to continue their respective scoreless inning streak that has been active throughout the month of August. But yes, the Cardinals unable to come back in that game after it was given up by Henesis in the seventh. They lose 5-4. So we could dive deeper into those games if you want. I feel as though it would be better to kind of forget about it Talk to Adam Wainwright and recognize that the Cardinals are going to have to perform better against the Pirates when they see them for the four-game series coming up in just a few days from now because the Cardinals get the off day on Monday, and then it'll be a couple against Detroit at home before a four-bagger against Pittsburgh. So this time around, they lose two of three, but because of Waino, they don't lose them all. 3-0 Cardinals on Sunday Another game for the offense where you just didn't you just didn't maximize your opportunities to score, and that's been a common theme for the Cardinals over the last week or so, as they lose two or three to the Brewers. They have the one game where offensively they break out in the final game of that series. That was last Thursday, and then over the weekend, it's just uh, you get a bunch of hits. You can't find a way to turn those into runs. That was really the story, again, for the Cardinals on Sunday, but that kind of gets wiped away because of the excellent Wainwright performance. And so it would make a lot of sense that we'd spend a lot of time today talking about him. We'll have some good quotes from Wainwright and from Mike Schilt as well. It was Bob Gibson Day at Bush on Sunday where he was honored, the legacy of the great Bob Gibson, honored before the game. And it was just one of those deals where, as the pregame ceremony is going on, involving family members of Bob Gibson and they're honoring him, And Tim McCarver is there to receive the first pitch from Bob Gibson's son. And it's just, you know, that feeling was in the air. It was a really special and touching tribute to be there for if you got to see it. Uh, It was cool. You know, you felt the emotions in that building. And knowing that Adam Wainwright was out in the bullpen warming up during that, I just got this feeling like there's not a chance in the world that he doesn't do something special today. That's just what Adam Wainwright does. He rises to the occasion and you just got that feeling like, "All right, here we go again." And I I was I didn't tweet it out and I and I should have because I'm not a guy who believes jinxes are a thing. And every time I tweet anything even somewhat predictive, someone's going to say, "Don't jinx it, don't jinx it." But in direct messages and talking with people, I said, "Look, there's Wainwright's going to first of all make sure the Cardinals roll today." was something I I sent to somebody before the beginning of the game. And then after two batters, he struck out Yossi Susugo. And then the second batter, I forget who it even was, uh, Cabrian Hayes was the number two batter for Pittsburgh today. Started the game off with two straight Ks, and I thought, these guys don't stand a freaking chance. And I was talking to somebody about Brian Reynolds, who I believe is a great player for Pittsburgh, and I refer to him as a stone-cold killer because he's just awesome at baseball and really underrated in the context of the, the game at large. And so I was talking about that and said, yeah, Brian Reynolds, stone-cold killer and everything, but he's not going to get much done today. Really nobody with the Pirates is going to. It's not their fault. It's, you know, there's nothing they can do about it. It's Rights day. You just had that feeling. And sure enough, it was eight innings, two hits, nine strikeouts without allowing a walk, and does that on 106 pitches. And so gets into the interesting situation there. Leading into the ninth inning is the Cardinals there batting in the bottom of the eighth. Alex Reyes is warming up in the bullpen. And we were kind of wondering, would Mike Schilt give Wainwright an opportunity to finish what he started? 106 pitches is kind of getting up there, though. It was kind of in that danger zone where you thought, yeah, I don't know if he's really going to give him that chance. As much as everybody there would have liked to see it, it. You know, if a guy's at 100 pitches to start the ninth inning and you say, hey, You walk a guy, you allow a a dinky little single into center. That doesn't matter. That's going to be it. Like, we're going to pull you after that. But there's not much margin for error if you're starting at 106. Even if you're Adam Wainwright, the Cardinals do, in the back of their mind anyway, whether the standings currently dictate it, still feel like postseason is their mindset. And so even if Wainwright were to say, hey, I'm retiring after the year, it doesn't matter. Let me have this chance. I, I do think that. The the Cardinals would have to say, well, we're still hoping to be able to use you in October, so we're going to have to take a little bit more caution with your health and, and not do anything all too dangerous in this situation. We've got Alex Reyes rested and ready to go. He was fine to go for the ninth inning, but it was interesting to hear Adam Wainwright describe to the media during his post-game Zoom how that conversation with Mike Schilt went because you knew that he would be someone that would want the ball for the ninth inning, so how is it? that there was really not even any sort of uh, dramatics to the whole affair. When Paul DeYoung takes to the on-deck circle to pinch hit for Wainwright there in the bottom of the eighth, it just seemed like it was a foregone conclusion. Well, here's Adam Wainwright on the topic after Sunday's game. Shilty met me
1: as I was walking down the stairs off the field. He met me at the bottom step with his hand out like this, and he said, you got to shake my hand. It's on camera. You can't. You can't show me up. And I was like, "Oh." He's like, "Don't leave me hanging." And I'm like, "Uh." Oh. And I hung it very reluctantly, but or I shook it very
0: reluctantly. But so that was Adam Wainwright after the game. That's courtesy of Bally Sports Midwest Twitter feed. Since that's where I grabbed that track of audio specifically tonight. But Wainwright, obviously, is a guy who would have loved to stay in that game. But, hey, Schilt got uh, got on the offensive there and was able to uh, to to get him and convince him to shake his hand. So I thought that was a funny little anecdote. And then, of course, we got to talk with Mike Schilt thereafter and wanted to get his point of view and his side of the story. So we'll play that for you as well, as well as I got the chance to ask Mike Schilt about the legacy of Bob Gibson and the fact that Adam Wainwright always seems to rise to the occasion on these special days. And so you'll hear me ask the Cardinals manager about that as well. Sunday after the Cardinals win over the pirates, Mike with Wainwright, we always tend to talk about how he rises to the occasion on memorable, momentous days. Was there really any other way for this to go on the day you guys honored Bob Gibson's legacy? Man, I'm glad you brought that up. Um,
1: Yeah. You know, I think all those guys spirits are here. I believe in that. So uh, Gibson's included and, you know, Wayne writes our modern day Gibson, which is, which is saying something, um, you know, listen to, and always marvels and I won't get them right. So I won't try the exact numbers, but you know, his numbers, Mr. Gibson's were just startling. Um, you know, obviously one ERA, but the number of complete games, I mean, you know, he went out there with the ball and he brought it back in. Um, and you know, Wayne knows some more deal. That was not an easy discussion with him or, um, conversation after the eighth, but, um, you know, that's the way Wainwright goes about it. Um, great competitor, um, fierce competitor goes out and, and, you know, puts his team on his back. Um, so, you know, good, good memory of Mr. Gibson and great hall of fame uh, weekend. And, you know, we were able to get one today to, to make people feel good about it.
0: When I said you kind of cut him off at the pass there with the, the handshake the strategy to try to make sure you,
1: you had that going the way you wanted? Yeah, you know, I had to take the, a little bit of the offensive. Um, I had made up my mind that um, that was going to be it. 106 was plenty on the bases three times. Um, you know, we've got a good guy in the bullpen, and, he's you know, I've, I've been able to give him the opportunity that he's more than earned. He's earned the opportunity to go out. He earned the seventh or the eighth, you know, one, two, three, one, two, three. And, um, but it was, it was time, and um, I met him at the bottom of the stairs hand extended and he just kept looking at me. I said, at some point you got to shake it. <laughs> and uh, he was just, he just chuckled. And um, I think he did a few jumping jacks to show he was still ready, but um, you know, he had done his part, you know, clearly we, we hit for him too, to try to add on, but um, he had, he had done his part and I love the fact that he lobby for more.
0: Cardinals manager, Mike Schilt from after Sunday's game. Yeah. I told you we were going to share the Adam Wainwright stats and we've already given a few but I just marvel at the consistency with which he has performed this season. We talk about the quality starts. He had one back in early July where he just missed the quality start metric by an inning. Five innings, three runs on July 6th. But you look through the rest of his game log, there hasn't been a single game since the beginning of June other than that one where he's missed out on a quality start. It's been very rare In the month of May, he had a little bit of trouble. Three different starts in which he allowed more than four earned runs, or at least four earned runs, I should say. And then, of course, that first game of the season, pitching in Cincinnati, was uncharacteristically rough for Waino, giving up six runs and unable to get through the third. But otherwise, he has just been nails and just unfathomably consistent for the Cardinals out of their rotation this season. And that's why you've seen him have the year that he's had, 12-7 and record now. He's 4-1 and in the month of August. Of course, the loss that he endured was against the Brewers in his previous start, and that day the Cardinals didn't score any runs. So it's kind of hard to blame him there when he goes six innings and just gives up two. And so he's just been rock solid at age 39, is pitching some of the best baseball of his career. He also said after the game today that, You know He's not a guy who is going to be public about his goals for a season or what he expects of himself. He'll say he expects excellence out of himself every night, but he's not going to tell you, well, I'm going to win 20 games or I'm going to strike out 200 batters or I'm going to do this or that. He's not going to put those benchmarks out for the public consumption in the month of February or March. That's just not the way Wainwright... Traditionally operates. However, he did say today that there was one thing he's always been upfront about, and I don't remember specifically dating back to February if he put this on the record and we talked to him about it, but it's always, it sounds right. When I bring it up, you'll know what I mean that Adam Wainwright had a goal for the season and wasn't shy about it. The idea that he wanted to lead the league in innings pitched. And that's something that at age 39 you'd think, well, that's impossible. There's some. Real workhorses in the National League in the game today that are just going to be better than than a 39-year-old Adam Wainwright in that category to be able to consistently go deep into games and, and be effective enough that you can justify pitching into the 7th, 8th, and occasionally ninth the way that Wainwright has this season. However, he's nipping at the heels of Zach Wheeler in the National League and I believe in all of Major League Baseball for that innings crown. After tonight's game, or I should say after today's game, 162 and two-thirds innings pitched for Wainwright this season. He's had 14 games in which he's gone at least seven and six outings in which he has gone eight or more innings for the Cardinals this season. And you can count the multiple times in which he has gone a full complete game, nine innings. It's happened a couple of times this season. He has just been out of this world tremendous for the Cardinals and Like I started off at the beginning of the podcast saying, you just shudder to think where this team would be without him. And the first question that was asked to Mike Schilt after Sunday's game was from the commissioner, Rick Hummel. And it definitely got a classic reply from the Cardinals manager. Let's play that for you now.
1: As many losing streaks as Wainwright has stopped this year, do you you ponder the ways you can pitch him on short rest to get him some more starts? No, i got to ponder a way to win more baseball games in between his starts. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> like if that's not the story of the Cardinals season right now Mike Schilt hit it on the head like that there was no uh there was there was nothing to hide in that one pretty blunt and uh a, a candid response from the Cardinals manager yeah gotta find a way to win when he's not on the mound because it's not conceivable to pitch him every other day you've got to win other games besides his games and as nice as it's been to have him uh, and as the commission referenced with this question, his, his ability to stop losing streaks, although Schild did push back a little bit on that later in the Zoom to say, all right, we lost two in a row. It, I'm not calling that a streak, but I think that the genesis of that question that was asked later on was, OK, four out of five, though, if you lose two to the Brewers, you win the third, lose two more and then able to win on Sunday. That's still kind of is maybe it's not a streak, but I would I would call it a losing skid if you lose four or five. But Schultz did push a little bit back on that, and I understand you in in his in his role he's got a team that's a couple of games still a few games above 500 where the Cardinals are exactly they're they're 63 and 60 at this point, so three games over, and so he he hears you know losing streak a lot because we we do as media have to ask about the, the games they don't win, and so. That's kind of where a little bit of that pushback came from. But to the question and, and to the comedic response by the manager, he's got a point. You know, think about back to June when the Cardinals were able to to win some of those Wainwright starts. That was about it. And that's really kind of where their season went off the rails. And if you could go back in time and have had Jack Flaherty during that stretch, had had Miles Michaelis during that stretch— Cardinals could be sitting in, in such a different position right now. Just I, I mean, if you even if you had Jay Happ pitching the way he has since coming to St. Louis, and and I, maybe not so much John Lester, who has not been as consistent, but uh, it has you know they had games from Carlos Martinez, who if you've been following his social media was posting a, an Instagram that doubled linked to Twitter from some clear body of water somewhere so I don't think you're going to be seeing him again anytime soon but they they had these outings from guys that just was not going to give them a chance to win games and it's just crazy to think about you know where they'd be if if they they had some more consistency throughout that kind of six-week period beginning in in very tippy top end of May all the way through June and even into early July where it just was a big-time struggle bus for the team especially from a pitching perspective which bled over into the offense which forced them uh, below 500 there for a pretty significant stretch of the season. They were able to turn that around against the pirates and Royals over the course of, you know, those games a a week or so ago now, but Cardinals are still in a position where they're on, they're on the outside looking into the wild card and you can pretty much trace it back to that. And yeah, it would be worse though without Adam Wainwright. He's just been, he's been amazing. And uh, what he's been able to do for the Cardinals, like I said, he's, he's right there on the heels of Zach Wheeler for the innings lead And that's something you look at right now. You'll probably get one more start in the month of August. I don't really know exactly how their calendar is going to break down. You figure it will be every fifth day from here on out. Wainwright so far this season has made 25 starts in 2021. I think based on the way the calendar breaks down, some quick math, he could have seven more starts potentially. Depending on where they where they want to give him some some extra length, if at all, with off days in the end of August and September, but if he goes seven more starts and gets you average of six seven innings, I don't, I don't want to be asking too much of him in my predictions here. But based on what he's done recently, I don't think that's too crazy. Maybe fifty innings. I mean, that would be seven a little more than seven per start. I don't think you can probably go quite that far, but certainly Adam Wainwright has a chance to be in that 200 to 210 innings range by the end of this season. And impressively enough as well, the strikeout numbers have a chance to reach a point where they have not been since an all-star caliber year of his in 2013 when he struck out 219 for a career high. Had 179 the year after that. I definitely expect Wainwright to be eclipsing that 179 and uh, his best total since 2013. So We'll see what he's able to do over the course of the next little over a month. I know the Cardinals will probably be running him out there as much as they can. They might even be able to get him an eighth start if they can manipulate the schedule a little bit. And if the Cardinals are in it to win it down the stretch, I think they'll be they'll be milking him for all his worth. So we'll be interesting to see just how many innings he can rack up and and maybe how many strikeouts as well. A twelve game winner as of now. Wainwright'll have plenty more opportunities to Add to that total. He's a couple of games away between he and Yadier Molina for that 300 starts together as a battery, which is kind of crazy, given that Wainwright started 351 games that Yadier is... You mean to tell me that yadi missed 51 Adam Wainwright starts? That just doesn't seem possible, given the fact that every time he pitches now, there's no... I mean, Molina could be just totally incapacitated. He'd still have to start that game because they're they are after that little... Uh, piece of history between the two of them as battery mates but just impressive what Wainwright's been able to do for me I don't think there's any question about it I know we've talked recently about Yadier Molina potentially uh, getting a, a contract deal for 2022 working that out with the Cardinals that are in talks to be able to get that done on the front end rather than have to let it linger into the deep into the, the, the winter the way it did last year where approaching spring training you weren't really sure and yadi actually ended up showing up to spring later than normal because normally he gets there super early down to jupiter but because he wasn't with the team he stayed in puerto rico for longer and, and was able to kind of enjoy himself and do his workouts there as he needed to to prepare for the season but uh, that actually did impact the the, the scheduling of things for yadi back in spring training so if he's going to be around for 22 which I think would be a natural final season for Yadier Molina if both sides can kind of agree ahead of time. Like, this is going to be the, the last hurrah. Let's market it as such. I think if you let it linger and go year to year, it can start to get uncomfortable at some point. Uh, I, for, for the Cardinals at this point, I don't think that point has arrived. Yadi comes up with a, a big RBI single in the beginning of today's game in the first inning to get the Cardinals on the board. His offensive numbers have not been, you know, very, very strong on the whole since the beginning of the season where he started so hot. I could definitely see the benefit of Yachty playing fewer games in 2022. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But for Adam Wainwright, he should be on this 2022 Cardinals team. There's no question about it. Whether it's a concept of money, whether it's whatever you can do as the Cardinals to convince him that He's getting the deal that he wants and he's getting the situation that he wants. You need to do it because the Cardinals, they would be absolutely lost without him this season. They'd be a well below 500 team. And so you can't just expect everything else to stay the same and make a few tweaks here and there and lose Adam Wainwright for 22 and think you're going to be able to compete. So they've got to get that guy signed before the end of October, in my opinion. You know, the, the moment they're eliminated from the postseason, whenever that may be, you take that next few days, let him think about it, and then do whatever you can, put on that full court press, and get him back for one more season. He's already said it's going to be either this is his last year that we're currently in or next year. So go ahead, let the team market it as one more time for Yadi and Waino. I don't know how impactful that even will be, given the fact that everybody kind of knows it's possibly over this year and we're still not seeing very much attendance at Busch Stadium right now. Yes, COVID's going on. Yes, the team has is, is not lived up to expectations, and the fans are well within their rights to send uh, kind of that message to the front office with their with their money and with their wallets, and I have no problem with that whatsoever. However, it is just, you would think from a team perspective, if I'm if I'm kind of climbing into that mindset, they would love to have one last ride for Yachty and Wayne and to be able to market it as such and, and have the farewell tour the way players of the past like Derek Jeter and others have had, and so... We'll see what ends up happening there, but if I'm the Cardinals, man, I'm getting on top of that right now, and I'm saying we are not letting this guy Adam Wainwright go off into the sunset without a fight because he's too good. He's at the top of his game right now, and I know the contract status for him the last couple of years has been pretty incentive based. You got to forget that for 22 and say, wait, well, you no, know, 15 million. You know what? And that's more than he's been guaranteed this year. I think he's only around that 10 million range, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not going to look it up because I'm tired, but. I think it's around that range. you got to just guarantee his contract for 22 and say, for all he's done for this team, give him a nice one last hurrah deal in order to, to try to make something happen in 22 because it may not be in the cards for 2021. Cardinals, though, not too far behind that wild card, still just four and a half games out, but they're not behind the Padres by that margin anymore. They're three and a half behind the Padres, but the Reds have taken over San Diego which is fine because the Cardinals get three more games against the Reds here coming up uh, toward the end of August and then beginning of September. So that'll be an opportunity to maybe gain a little bit of ground against them or potentially lose it if you if you can't perform against that Cincy team. And they're red hot, man. Joey Votto's been on an MVP caliber tear of late. We know about Castellanos. We know about Jesse Winker and that solid rotation that's come along for the Cincinnati Reds. So Cardinals are going to have their work cut out for them, but it'll be a, an off day on Monday, as we mentioned you got winnable games coming up before the schedule really cranks up at the end of August and then into September. You've got the Detroit Tigers for two. Uh, That didn't go so well when you played them up in in their house, but they're coming to Bush. Got to find a way to win both those games, and then it'll be four against the Pirates, and you got to take three or four at a minimum. So I'm thinking five of the next six, find a way to get it done, and then you roll into that Cincinnati series on the road with hopefully some momentum and, and you got to line your pitching up for that series as well. One thing I did want to talk about before we got out of here for this episode of b Shave Daily, Quan Young Kim returning from the injured list on Sunday, but he's back in as a member of the bullpen. I don't love that. I, it means that John Lester is still in the rotation. I understand it. I talked about it with Wade LeBlanc where before all the LeBlanc injury happened and, and things got kind of shifted and, Miles came back and Jack came back and you had to find out how to accommodate all of that. I talked about how with Happ and Lester, those guys could make a couple of starts and if it doesn't go well, could have seen a world in which one of them was cut if, it, if they needed the room to have their injured guys who were coming back off the IL. As it were and as it's turned out, Happ has been really good. Lester not as much, but they had the LeBlanc injury, which gets you then the Kim injury and you're like, okay, well, to accommodate and not just cut John Lester loose um and i don't think you can justify bringing him to the bullpen why you can for kk i don't really know they decided they could last year at the beginning of the year they did it it wasn't a good idea then i don't think it's a good idea now i think kk back in the rotation in john lester's spot would have been the way to go but they're hoping to be able to get some some productivity out of john lester the rest of the way and we'll see how that shakes out i don't agree with it i don't know if it's a, an ego thing where uh, john lester wouldn't wouldn't go to the bullpen um I I doubt he was asked I I, I don't think that was uh, it seems like they were content to do it with KK part of it they can justify because he's been down for 10 days now and so would he be able to ramp back up in time I think that's that's hogwash I think KK would be able to do that he wasn't on the IL for all too long of a period of time so I'm a little bit I don't know that I'm confused by the move and, and maybe not even surprised because I think this was something telegraphed a little bit that you could see coming based on the way things were shaking out. But it is something to keep an eye on that if John Lester does not perform in his next couple of starts, could this be something the Cardinals come to regret? Because I don't know if KK will be as effective in the bullpen role either. We only have a, a very small sample of that one game at the beginning of last year, the home opener that he served as the closer, and it didn't go that well, but he did, after giving up a couple of runs, earn the save. I just think KK, with the the regimented guy that he's, explained himself to be he would prefer to be able to have that consistency and know what to expect out of the rotation I don't know what role he's going to have it's going to be very interesting to see I I hope they don't just bury him in the bullpen because he's a capable arm and the Cardinals could certainly use him and and try to find a way for him to be an asset in that role but it's going to be interesting to see how that unfolds I'm not super confident in in him just being thrust into that role and and being able to adapt on the fly like that I for the Cardinals sake you hope that he can do it but the fact that you're putting him there to basically accommodate John Lester's spot in the rotation will be interesting. That's, I think, some undo – not undo, but it's pressure, pressure on John Lester that whether he feels it or not, I think Cardinals fans will look at it that way where you say, hey, if if KK, who's been pretty solid when he's been in the rotation and healthy, is being pushed to the bullpen for this guy, he's got to perform. He, We can't continue to see him throw these games where it's four, four-run runs, five-run runs, whatever – Uh, It's going to be, I'm I'm going to be keeping an eye on that as well as Lester uh, gets his future opportunities in the rotation. So that was news that I did want to talk about on Sunday. Uh, Junior Fernandez, after getting his first win, was an option to accommodate KK. You do have Daniel Ponce de Leon floating around there in the bullpen now for the Cardinals again. You've gotten good work out of Luis Garcia, TJ McFarland, as I mentioned earlier in the show. Uh, Ryan Helsley to the IL. I, I can't quite remember which day that happened or if we've talked about it, but Definitely a loss from uh, from that perspective because of his ability to limit inherited runners from scoring. Uh, it's been, been a rate one of the best in the, in the major leagues and in the tops in the National League before he went down. So certainly something to monitor as the Cardinals rest of August unfolds. That's going to do it, though, for this edition of B-Shape Daily. Appreciate you guys, as always, for joining me. Make sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify or at Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. As you go along, head to anchor.fm slash bshafer12, and you can click on more platforms to find all the available locations for the show. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time on B-Shape Daily. Peace!